20,000 um, financial um, advisors in the UK. Um, those 20,000 ad uh, advisors will offer fairly similar things, but in a different style, in a different format, for different reasons and may have different motivations. What should you be looking for in terms of a top quality financial advisor? Well, for me, I think... Hello, welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy and I'm with my co-host, my bro, Jax. How are you, man? Peter, I am very well, thanks. Um, I've had a pretty good day so far. I woke up, had some leftover shish kebab. <laughs> <laughs> the sun is absolutely shining at the point of uh, shooting this video. So I'm in a very good mood. I can't wait to get outside and get some vitamin D. Come on, come on. It's one of the hottest days of the years. And hopefully by the time our listeners hear this, it's still nice and shining if you're in the UK um, at the moment. But a massive shout out to all of our listeners all over. Um, please continue doing what you're usually doing and sharing it with someone that you think this will be of value to. So a massive shout out. But Jax, as per usual, we're going to get straight into the podcast. Um, so and I think this is quite a relevant topic for anyone at any stage, actually. Um and even on, on, on my journey as well, and I've spoken to you in, in previous, in, in, in previous uh, times on, on this journey, and I've asked you, you know, Jax, man, like, should I actually be getting um, financial advice in terms of as a service? Should I be paying for this? So let's get straight into it, man, in terms of that. You know, on our episodes, Jax, we always say we offer financial guidance and education. This is not financial advice. Do you want to just talk a bit more about what does that actually mean? What's the actual <laughs> difference for our listeners? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because essentially financial advice, um, the terms, the literal terms of just giving advice financially is something that everybody does from your parents, to your friends, from the guy at the pub, from your guy at church, you know, we all really give each other financial advice. But according to the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, which is the regulatory body here in the UK, um, financial advice is actually a regulated service. And essentially what it really is, is when um, usually a professional gives you um, a recommendation or tells you to do something that you then go and do in terms of your financial decisions. And that is actually a regulated service. For that reason, if that person tells you to do something and you go ahead and do it, and let's say you don't uh, agree with it later on, or you feel as if you were uh, misserved or something, you always have access to, for example, the financial ombudsman service, um, or for example, you are protected by the financial services compensation scheme when it comes to certain things. So it really does come down to understanding that, hey, when you are getting financial advice, usually it's a regulated service. And the way to differentiate it from um, financial guidance or coaching or information is usually a financial advisor tells you what to do according to your specific circumstances. They recommend specific products for you and you go and obviously agree to do it. And sometimes they actually do it for you. Financial guidance, information, and that kind of stuff or coaching is less so them telling you what to do. They can give you their opinions, but essentially they provide you with information so that you can make a better informed decision yourself and everything falls on you. You make the decision. It's um, you only use them for information, basically. 
and 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 you know if if anything goes wrong um you can't you know head over to the financial ombudsman service for example because it was ultimately your decision so that's the main difference between let's say financial advice or um financial guidance and that kind of stuff and that can and that can go for investments as well when we talk about investment guidance or investment advice and that kind of stuff no, brilliant man that makes perfect sense as well and as you said in terms of the financial regulators you mentioned the ones obviously relevant to UK and um, I'm assuming other countries would have their equivalent so to speak and um, and in terms of that financial advice uh, so to speak essentially they would look at your current situation obviously answer a series of questions understand certain things about you um, and then from uh, those discussions that you know you have with a financial advisor then they'll then make up and um, they'll then make uh, some uh, recommendations essentially or as you said essentially tell you what to do but with financial educational guidance um, it's literally providing information like what we do here on World Finance we don't tell people what to do or anything we provide information and guide and, and, and uh, you know our opinions and then people can use that to make an informed decision should they wish to essentially. Correct. That's that's exactly what it is. Um, and when we talk about you know financial advisors, I think it's important to understand there are different types. Mm-hmm. So it is important to differentiate those different types when you are looking for a service. Absolutely. And um, do you want to talk a bit more about the different types as well? Yeah, sure. So um, I mean, financial advice is a term that is kind of, I don't want to use the word loosely, but it's quite loosely used, or I should say interchangeably used for many different types of financial services. Mm -hmm. So that can range from things such as financial planning, which probably is the closest to financial advice, I would say, to um, investment advice. So, you know, talking about um, how to create, let's say, an investment plan and that kind of stuff, um, to things such as pensions, such as, um, you know, how do you prepare for retirement to things such as protections or covering things such as life insurance and that kind of stuff. Um, And even mortgages, you know, um, a lot of the time when we speak about mortgage brokers and and those kind of people, those people are sometimes called financial advisors as well. And then um, nowadays, even people that just work in sales. So there are people that may not be qualified financial advisors, but they may work for a financial advisory firm in the sales department. Um, they sometimes call themselves financial advisors as well. So it's important to understand there is a whole range of different types of financial advisors. The key is to understand the differences between them and what you're actually trying to achieve with them as well. I will also say there are mainly two types, I would say, when it comes to breaking them down. Um, regardless of the, the sector they're in, there are two types of categories of um, financial advisors or investment advisors. They are usually um, independent advisors or restricted advisors. So what I'm talking about here is the ones that are regulated. Um, so I'm talking about two types of regulated financial advisors. The independent advisors um, have a wide range of things they can, re- they can recommend you. They're not biased in terms of telling you to um, use a specific uh, product or buy a specific fund, for example. Those are the independent ones. They're normally called IFAs, so independent financial advisors. And then you've got restricted advisors. The restricted advisors are the ones that will, um, again, they are still financial advisors, but they will probably only recommend you a specific type of product from one company, for example. Um, They wouldn't give you a wide range of options. 
And it's important for these restricted advisors to actually let you know that they are restricted advisors. And so they are going to recommend, let's say, one specific type of um, a company to work with rather than giving you a whole wide range of options. Similar case to even mortgages. So you've probably heard of independent mortgage brokers um, and obviously the restricted ones. The independent ones have access to the whole market and can find your mortgage from a wide range of, of banks, whereas a restricted one will only work for their bank, for example. So it's really important to understand the difference between these two as well. Uh, so that's why when people are going for mortgages, you hear things like, try to go to an independent broker rather than one that works directly for a bank because that person will pretty much promote products on behalf of the bank, essentially. That's true. That's exactly the point. Um, and again, I, I, I would say, regardless of what you're going for, make sure that you are told what type of financial advisor you're working with. Understand what they are trying to um, achieve. There's nothing wrong with them being restricted, but it just they should let you know that they're restricted. Mm, absolutely and i guess uh that's i guess what actually makes someone a financial advisor but we spoke about guidance but what makes someone a financial advisor how do i know they're legit what sort of qualifications or what things how can i find one essentially uh actual financial advisor yeah so there are various options available um so you know first and foremost if you are looking for a financial advisor a regulated financial advisor you can tell because they will have something, for example, called the SPS. Um, I think that stands for the Statement of uh, Personal Standing or something like that. I'll double check that. Um, it's called an SPS. And um, you should also make sure that they are qualified to do what they do. If they're doing um, investment advisory, they should have a qualification, for example, in, let's say, the investment advisory diploma. But essentially, really and truly, it really comes down to the company that they're working for. So again, some of the restricted financial advisors will work for, for example, a bank, and that should give you um, some sort of um, comfort that they are qualified because they wouldn't be able to do it, of course, for that pur purpose. If they are independent, what you find um, with some of these um, financial advisors is they are normally partnered with other companies as well. So a common one would be, for example, um, St. James Place. And again, for them to be able to do this, they will be qualified. So essentially, it's just check to see that they are qualified. Um, and you can also do double checks, such as, you know, check to see their reviews, see who has used them before and, and that kind of stuff. Brilliant, man. That makes perfect sense. And I, and I guess, Jax, for our listeners, as you know, our listeners are all at different stages in their journey. Um, I would like to think that we provide a lot of really useful information just based on the feedback that we get from our listeners. Um, but what are the benefits of, yes, taking on this great information but then saying, you know what, I'm actually going to see a financial, uh, a professional financial advisor? Yeah, so um, look, I think this is a personal opinion. I think there are some things in, in life that, I think the individual person should take seriously and try to at least have a foundational level of knowledge when it comes to these things. So we've spoken about some of these things on the channel, actually, um, things such as your health. Um, you don't need to rely totally on your GP for, for, you know, understanding how to become a healthier person. You can learn about it yourself, learn um, how to eat, how to exercise and, and you know, create a foundational knowledge and so then you can use your GP for the more sophisticated stuff 
um, and then they can serve you better, I think. For example, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, um, I go to church, and, you know, we have you know, priests and pastors. That doesn't mean you have to be completely reliant on your, on your pastor to teach you everything about your faith, you know? Um, you should be spending time with God yourself. You should be reading the Bible for yourself. You should be able to gain at least some knowledge of the Bible for yourself as well. And I believe the same thing goes for personal finance. There's so much education out there. You can learn so much from doing certain things, such as listening to um, these two amazing people on World Finance, <laughs> you know, to gain some sort of um, foundational knowledge. But you can also use the professionals for more sophisticated stuff. Um, and if and the more you learn for yourself, the more questions, the more um, educative questions you can actually ask as well. So I think you can use financial advisors for the more sophisticated stuff. And when you are ready to um, get a financial product that suits you, for example, um, a mortgage or, for example, a, um, a some sort of life insurance, you already have the knowledge so that you're not going to get cheated <laughs> um, by any one of these people. And then you can use them to the best of your ability and come to um, a better conclusion as to what's actually suitable for you. Did that, did that make sense? I love that, man. That And the examples that you gave just around the church or GP, that just makes perfect sense. Absolutely, man. Really useful to know. And 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 I guess when you, you know, should someone make the conscious decision to actually see a financial advisor, um, you know, um, if I remember correctly, I can't, don't quote me on this, but I think there's only about 20,000 20, um, financial um, advisors in the UK. Um, those 20,000 uh, advisors will offer fairly similar things, but in a different style, in a different format, for different reasons, I may have different motivations. What should you be looking for in terms of a top quality financial advisor? Well, for me, I think as a financial educator, financial coach, um, investment guidance professional myself, I think one thing that is very dear to me is education. Mm. And so for me, if you are looking for a financial advisor, one of the number one attributes that that person should have is to have the heart of an educator. Mm. So before you ever place your money into buying some sort of financial product or partaking in anything, make sure that your financial advisor has educated you with all the options available. Mm. Because when it comes to finance, there is not just one option. There are so many options. Mm. And personal finance, trust me, is very personal. So it is very important that you have a, you know, assess all the different options to see what really suits you. Don't let the financial advisor sell you um, a, a specific type of life insurance when actually you didn't really need it or didn't actually want it, but you were sold it because it sounded good because the financial advisor gets a higher commission from it. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very um, intentional when you're seeking financial advisors to make sure that this person has got the heart of an educator. And you can find that out by just listening to what they're saying. Have they actually answered all your questions? And again, the onus is also on you to ask a lot of questions. And, and that's why just earlier I spoke about trying to gain some foundational knowledge because the more foundational knowledge you have, the better your questions are as well. Um, and then you can also tell when, you know, something doesn't sound a bit um, in line with what you've learned and that kind of stuff. So yeah, how of an educator, I would say, is, is, is number one, alongside someone who has got, you know, good reviews and, and um, a good, maybe good experience as well. Mm. No, I like what you're saying there, man, because sometimes, you know, 
you might even feel that someone is trying to, I don't know, just keep you there forever so they can keep taking um, a significant amount of your, um, you know, your hard earnings as well. But that might not be the case. It might just be that's what they need to do. But it's 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 not easy to sort of discern that. So really looking for someone there where you feel like they're actually making an effort to teach you and educate you um, and encourage you to even also come back next time with more questions and encourage you to do more research as well. So, yeah, absolutely feeling that, man. Yeah, um, I just wanted to uh, go back to something I was saying earlier. It totally skipped my mind. So it's actually called a statement of professional standing. That's what the SPS is. So um, before you speak to a financial advisor who says they're qualified and you are actually seeking, you know, regulated financial advice, make sure they've got a statement of professional standing. Mm, absolutely. And then obviously we're, you know, when it comes to seeing a financial um advisor jacks um this is most likely i mean some may offer like a first um meeting or consultation for free for example but initially if you're going to continue seeing them it would of course um you know take uh, you would have to pay for it right um what's your opinion around that in terms of not just how much but what's your guidance around that in terms of the paying for a financial advisor and the expected cost potentially yeah, so this is the thing about financial advisory. Well, let's talk about money first because 